We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vince, are you ready for rapid fire? Are we there already? Is it well, time? it's it's because we've you know we promised that we were going to save the Sam Hartman talk <laughs> for rapid fire, and we're at the Sam Hartman point of the show. We're start <sighs> we're starting to get more Hartman stuff, and you know it's it's coming in. We might as well adju- just address the elephant in the room. So yes, as much as we can. I mean, there's only so much out there. Again. No promises by us are being made here, but the report is Pete Thamel of ESPN says that the Wake Forest quarterback is in the transfer portal. It is official now after this stuff started leaking out before their bowl game last week. Notre Dame is among the favorites to land his services. And now beyond, you know, whether or not it happens or not, you know, again, there's a connection there, how far we're going to go. You know, we don't need to go in to that, but NFL scouts are projecting Hartman as a third-day NFL draft pick, likely sixth or seventh round is what they're saying. So the thought is Hartman can improve his stock with another year in college, which would be his sixth year, by the way. He's Mm -hmm. getting, you know, the extra COVID year and everything. And so Thamel says that ESPN reached out to three different NFL scouts about Hartman. None of them believed Hartman is going to be picked before the sixth round, if at all. So as far as he's concerned – there's great benefit to going someplace yes. else. It's the slow mesh Wake Forest offense, uh, you know. That you'll like, never see in the NFL. That's ever. right. Get out of that and go to a more conventional pro-style system, which obviously is what Notre Dame runs. So at the very least, Vince, starting with this, Hartman seems to be a good, like the two seem to be a good match for yeah. each other. Hartman for Notre Dame and Notre Dame for Hartman. I. I like Sam Hartman, uh, the player. You know, I, I think that he's got a really good arm. I think he makes good decisions. I think, you know, he's. I think he's a guy that could very much benefit Notre Dame. There's no, there's no doubt about it. I, you know, whether he comes here or not, still remains to be seen. He's not going to make an announcement until after the bowl game. So, I mean, it's all speculation at this point. Good for Pete Thamel for putting it out there. That's great. Uh, but uh, there was rumblings about this, what, about a week ago, Sean? We started yes. hearing some things out of the Wake Forest camp on the day of their bowl game, which roughly so awesome for that kid that he's having <laughs> to deal with that stuff on the day of his bowl game. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it's a good match. Uh, as Brent Smith, as Brent Smith said, he could, he could have the ability to come in here and compete to be a starting quarterback. For him personally, being the starting quarterback at Notre Dame for a year could greatly benefit his, his draft stock and – 
He'll also be able to put a little NIL money in his pocket where Next. if you're the if you're the starting quarterback at Notre Dame, you're going to have a lot more opportunities to make some NIL money than if you're the starting quarterback at Wake Forest. And that's yes. just a fact. That's not my opinion. That's a fact. So I'm sure that's part of it. I, I mean, I'm sure that's part of the situation. You can either go and potentially be a, a, a non-drafted, an undrafted free agent and try and make a team with no NIL money, or you spend another year in college, work on that master's degree, get some NIL money, be a starter someplace. If you win the job, I don't see the downside of him staying in college. Yeah. He obviously didn't boost his stock enough this year. If this is the kind of stuff that, that NFL scouts are, are telling, you know, ESPN and, and whoever else. And the guy is second only to Philip Rivers in ACC history with over 12,000, almost 13,000 yeah. passing yards, 110 touchdown passes. So he has a ton of experience. So if you look at Notre Dame and you look at what Notre Dame needs, they need an experienced quarterback if Tyler Buckner is not going to be the guy. And now, again, just like we said earlier, we expect these guys, if it is Hartman, to compete for the job in the spring. Absolutely. You know, you, we expect that whoever they would bring in. And, you know, look at look at Jack Cohn as an example. Jack Cohn playing in a much more conservative offense in Wisconsin. Basically, he had the reputation of being a game manager. And look what he was able to do in yeah. one season coming to Notre Dame. I, I think you have to say that his stock was greatly elevated by playing for one season at Notre Dame in this offense with a worse offensive line and a worse running game than what Notre Dame has right now. So, again, I think it's a perfect fit on both sides. And is, is it official yet? No. You know, and the other part of this is the timing of this. And this is, you know, like word started getting out, I believe, just before the Gasparilla Bowl, you know, when Wake Forest was was yep. playing down there. And so word starts getting out at that point. And now you've got Notre Dame creeping up on its bowl game. And the last thing that Notre Dame <laughs> wants is dealing with this kind of stuff when they're getting ready for a bowl game and you have another quarterback preparing to be the starter Correct. in that game, you know, and that's why. From, from the Notre Dame perspective, when we talk about, well, how much are we going to say? How much are we not going to say? That's essentially why. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, here's the way I look at it. If it's a legitimate competition between Tyler Buckner and Sam Hartman next year, if Sam Hartman is the guy or whoever this, whoever, look, I, I feel like Notre Dame is going to go out and get a good quarterback, whoever it happens to be. I think they're going to find somebody who wants to play at Notre Dame, who wants to be the starting quarterback at Notre Dame. They're going to get a good quarterback. So whoever wins that battle is going to be the best man for the job and gives Notre Dame the best opportunity to win, whoever that happens to be. And if we're talking about Sam Hartman specifically, his game is not similar to Tyler Buckner's game. So you're going to be seeing two completely different styles going head-to-head -to, -head to see who's going to win that job. I yeah. don't know who they're going to bring in. Maybe it's going to be somebody that's similar to Tyler Buckner. Maybe it's going to be somebody that's similar to Sam Hartman, like a Jack Cohn or somebody along those lines. Now, Sam Hartman is much more mobile than, than Jack Cohn. But we don't know. But the odds are it's going to be guys that have two differing styles. And what is the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame going to be more comfortable having, you know, lead this offense? I think that's right. going to have a lot to go, you know, a lot to do with it. It's going to be very interesting. So I, I will say this, though. 
after watching the Colts play the last few games. Jack Cohn, man, they should not have gotten rid of Jack Cohn. I think he could have done something <laughs> for that team. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, you go back to Nick Foles. There's a reason Nick Foles Woo! has been on the bench for five years. Yes. And my goodness. Come woof, on. Woof, woof, woof. Super chat from Wicked Bronco Productions. <clears throat> Hartman plus Notre Dame equals Natty contenders, contenders, in my opinion. Thoughts? He made Wake Forest relevant in football for once and way less talent than he would have at Notre Dame. Absolutely. A guy with this kind of experience, this is why you're bringing in potentially a quarterback with this kind of experience. This is why, whether it's Hartman or anyone else, they wanted to go out and find an experienced quarterback. Because look at look at how things played out this year. If they had an ex- a, a quarterback with Jack Cohn or you know this kind of Hartman experience this year, it's a lot different result that we have this season. Oh, I look. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Notre Dame's a quarterback away from being a national championship contender. Right. That they just are. And whether that quarter, you know, you can get all the pushback you want. Whether that quarter, that quarterback is going to be on the roster in the spring or not, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. There, there's a proven track record with Sam Hartman, no doubt about it. There's a lot of talent with Tyler Buckner, no doubt about it. But he doesn't have the proven track record. And then you've got an incoming freshman like uh, Kenny Minchie, who's got all the talent in the world too unproven right so i they're a quarterback away they're they're building talent all around on the offensive side on the defensive side special teams all of the above there there's there's an opportunity there and whoever wins that job i think is going to have a great opportunity to lead notre dame to areas where they haven't been before we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fill in the blank, Vince, with other transfer quarterbacks like Devin Leary, Hudson Card, DJ Uyangalale, already at other schools now, after leaving their schools, they're already at new, new schools. It would be blank if Hartman does not end up at Notre Dame. It would be a tough blow for Notre Dame. I haven't heard, you know, specifically what quarterbacks they're in on, you know, moving forward. I haven't really been paying attention to that part of it, but if they can't bring in somebody of his caliber or him specifically, that's going to be a tough blow because you want to bring somebody in who's a legitimate comp- competition, who can legitimately lead this team, just like we were talking to or talking about, can legitimately lead this team to a playoff victory, a playoff victory. I'm not even saying a national championship at this point, a New Year's Six victory, a playoff victory. Neither one of those things has been achieved at Notre Dame since 1993. So, I'll take either one at this point. They need to bring in somebody that can do that. And the list is shortening. Now, again, 
Jack Cohn would not have been at the top of anyone's list two years ago. Agreed. And Jack Cohn ended up going 11 and one in the regular mm-hmm. season. And you can argue that if they had changed the offense sooner, he could have very easily be 12 and 0. You know, didn't have a good first half, obviously, right. against it today. But if they had changed, you know, changed things a little bit sooner, that could have been potentially even different. But then, you know, now we're rewriting history and we're we're looking at someone else probably still being the head coach here if that happened. But if, my point is, yeah, well, there are other quarterbacks out there. So it's not the end of the world if a guy like Hartman does not ultimately no. end up coming to Notre Dame. But at the same time, this is a guy with a lot of experience. And again, he's had a lot of success against ACC competition. And uh, I think that you put him into this offense, I think that that it would be a big step up and would be a guy who is going to have you in playoff contention at Look, the very least. I will go to my grave thinking the fact that Jack Cohn would have led this 22 team to an 11 and one record. And if Notre Dame's 11 and one and their only loss was an opening week loss to Ohio State, Notre Dame is the number four seed right now in the playoff. Because it's not Ohio State, because they beat Ohio State. So, and they both would have the same record. So, I am 100% convinced that Jack Cohn would have had this team at 11 and 1 and in the playoffs right now. Now, they'd be preparing to play Georgia. Who knows what would have happened at that point? I think Notre Dame matches up decently well against Georgia, but that's what, that's where we, that's where we would be. I'm, and I I am 100% convinced that that would be the case. So uh, say what you want to about Jack Cone being immobile and being in a maple oak tree or whatever somebody said. <laughs> like, that's fine. But I think he has this team at 11-1, and one and they're in the playoff. Yeah, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. What Now, the only the only thing, like, could he have put the, 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 the team on his back against Marshall? Because that was still a team just like last year that was not running the ball at that point. Sure. I I think he makes I think he makes that throw to Braden Lindsay at the end of the first half. Yeah. And if that happens, Notre Dame wins that game. Yeah. I think it boils down to one throw Very at true. that point. You yeah. know? So yeah, I do. C Mac, Sam Hartman is Cliff Kingsbury. Basically, if NCAA had portal back then main reason he's taking COVID year is because NFL scouts have him as a day three NFL draft quarterback. So why are fans counting TV out? I don't know that everyone is counting Tyler Buckner. I'm out, not, but I'm not again, out. you're, you're talking about a lot of experience and you know, if we're going to compare Jack Cohn again, it's not like, you know, Jack Cohn had some experience, but he was far from spectacular. Like if you're going to compare what Jack Cohn did at Wisconsin compared to what Sam Hartman has done at Wake Forest. No competition. Yeah. Like the, the scale is completely on Sam Hartman's side in that case. Yes. So. Absolutely. And again, Absolutely. that's why you're going to the portal because you want someone with experience that you can drop into this team that has a lot of talent around it that can take you to another level to, to, when you at least two of those games because the quarterback play was up and down, sure. just like what you were talking about. Yep. Like, like maybe, you know, maybe Cone hits that, you know, that pass against Marshall. Maybe. I, yeah, yeah. I think Cone yeah, yeah. would hit the pass to Braden Lindsay against Stanford instead of sailing yep. it into the stands. And yeah. you wouldn't have seen, you know, like people were commenting earlier when we were talking about 
Drew Pine. You wouldn't have seen balls in the turf and balls overthrown and forcing balls to Michael mm -hmm. Mayer. Like Jack Cohn knew how to throw to people other than Michael Mayer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you expect that Sam Hartman is going to be able to do that as well because it's not just that he has all these touchdowns and all these passing yards. A guy with five years of experience, regardless of what offense that he's been in already, you expect him to be making quick reads and be able to you know, get you in and out of, of checks at the line of scrimmage that a young quarterback who, you know, let's let's face it, both Pine and Buckner, that's the biggest one of the, you know, two of the biggest things against both of those guys is, you know, that's that's why you had all this, you know, check with me stuff at the line of scrimmage, because sure. both of those guys, at least in Tommy Reese and Marcus Freeman's help needed or in their opinion, needed a lot more help along those lines and being able to make those reads was not you know, not an asset for either one of those guys. And you expect that to be an asset for a guy with the kind of experience that Hartman has. And look, I, I think C-Mac is absolutely accurate because if if Sam Hartman was going to be, is he if he was projected as a day two quarterback, which is rounds two or three, do we really think he's going to the transfer portal? I don't. I think he's going to the NFL draft. And if he's a day two quarterback, he's probably going to make a roster, which means he's probably going to make decent money. So I... The NFL draft stock thing, I think, is absolutely legit as to why he's going into the transfer portal. Absolutely yeah. legit. That doesn't make him any less of a great fit for Notre Dame if he ends up at Notre Dame. But that's 100% why he's going to the portal. If if some team was like, we are drafting you on day two, you know, if he, if he was projected to be a day two guy, rounds two or three, there's no chance he's coming into the portal. No chance. Because Sam Hartman, no matter what he does at Notre Dame, well... I shouldn't say what he does at Notre Dame. No matter what he does anywhere, unless he goes out and wins a national championship and he is the reason that they win a national championship, he's not going to be a round one quarterback. So your best bet is to be a day two guy. If he was listed as a day two guy, there's no chance he goes to the portal. Trucker Joe brings up a fair point. Pause with the Sam Hartman talk till after the bowl game. There's a reason he isn't declaring for the draft. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's exactly why he's available. But again, whether he's declaring for the draft or not, you can win, you know, Alabama has shown before that you can win championships without high-end first or second round Absolutely. quarterback talent. No question. Does anybody does anybody think that uh, the kid from Georgia is going in the first round as a quarterback? Right. No. There's a good chance he's going to be a two-time national champion. <laughs> so never have to buy a drink in Georgia again. You know what I mean? So, you know, it is what it is. That's fine. All right, we're going to close the book on this pretty Please. soon because we've already talked about it quite a bit. Copies for closers. Are we sure we're getting this guy after the last book? Notre Dame fans are on the ledge. Not getting him after this buildup would be the tipping point. I mean, You're not wrong. I mean, it would just be you just walk up to some guy and just be like, and then they like they, there's no doubt. I mean, there's absolutely no doubt. That's why people need to not get their hopes up at this point because there's always a chance that this goes a different direction. I was going to swoop in. That's right. There's Other people want experienced quarterbacks too. I guarantee you. This you know, people, people, there are a lot of people who would like to have a guy like this. Absolutely. Simey says if Hartman can kill the scan offense, it's worth bringing him. <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree with that either. I yeah. hate the scan offense. Always have, always yeah. will. I just bleh. yep. All right. <clears throat> I've got some audio we're gonna play here. Yes. So we've talked about talk about something else. We've talked about how Notre Dame is not going to pay the acquisition fees to land <laughs> high school recruits. 
Here's what Marcus Freeman had to say about that last week. Yeah. I don't acquisition fees I don't we don't no you know we don't speak to that um is it a part of recruiting yeah I mean because you discuss it it's a topic of discussion um but in terms of acquisition fees we're not going to get into that you know we can't um because again if that's going to be the reason Tim that you decide to come here man it's it's hard to keep you here you know and and that's what I think we all as coaches and competitors that want who we view sometimes is the best, right? We want the best. We want the highest rate, all these different things. We have to understand it's still about getting the right guys here. You know, and you look at last year's class, what again, that was another top 10 class. I think I looked at it the other day, maybe four, maybe four or five guys played this year. Didn't Richard. I mean, out of a class that we signed 22 to 25 guys, you know, and so I say that's important because if you're coming here for an acquisition fee, as you said, um, or you're coming here for NIL and you don't get that instant gratification of playing right away, that's, it's going to be tough, right? Tough to stay here. And, and that's what we got to understand is when you bring these guys in, it's going to take a little bit of time to really be able to run out there in Notre Dame Stadium and have a huge impact on our program, it takes time. Very few guys can come in here and play and start right away. Ben Morrison, listen, I don't know how highly rated he was, and he was the only guy in that freshman class to start this year, you know. And we've had a couple guys that played, but um, the majority of guys redshirted, highly recruited guys, highly rated guys, but they've decided to stay and say, okay, hey, I got to develop, I got to continue to commit to a program and this team and my development. Those are the guys we need because as you look back two years ago, a lot of those guys, the Blake Fishers, Joe Waltz, and some of those guys, those are the ones that are playing a lot of ball for you now. And so it takes time to really make that adjustment from high school to, to playing major college football. And so we need guys that understand the value of this place and what it will provide in the long run because you're not just going to get that instant gratification that some guys are looking for. All right, so there's Marcus Freeman with a uh, very long but very well-thought-out good response to the whole acquisition fees, paying the upfront money, the pay-for-play money to get recruits to come to Notre Dame. A question that I have heard a lot in the last week from fans is, well, okay, if they're not going to get into it with high school kids, what about using it to land the transfers, the grad transfer? type guys do you buy or sell that notre dame needs to make that kind of investment vince even if they're not going to get upfront acquisition fees with the high school kids i still sell it i mean you can you can offer nil deals and things like that to grad transfers that's fine but it's not going to be a blank check situation it's be like hey we've got a couple of these businesses that would love to talk to you there's going to be an opportunity if you're a starter you earn it like that kind of a th- i have no problem with that i still have a problem with the the blank check mentality the the acquisition fee you know hey you come here guaranteed a million dollars or whatever the case may be no i don't I will never be on board with that. It's one of the reasons that I follow this team and that I like the fact that Marcus Freeman is 100% bought into the way that Notre Dame is going to go about recruiting and they're going to go about using the transfer portal and all of that. I, I He buys into it, so I'm buying into it. I, I think that there's a way to be successful by doing it 
the way that they are doing it. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Now you can say, Hey, here are the deals that Michael Mayer, Isaiah Foskey, like these guys. See, have and had. That's, that's where you can, that that's where you can lay out some yes. facts for these Abs- guys and absolutely. say, we may not be willing to write you, as you said, a blank check or, or X amount of dollars, you know, even if it's 500,000 or a million or whatever, you know, 2 million, obviously, so, you know, some of the numbers, depending on who you're talking about, but you can say, look, NIL has only been around for two seasons now, you know, a year and a half calendar wise, two seasons of college football. Here's what our guys have been able to do. You know, whether it's Michael Mayer, Isaiah Foskey, you know, again, like Braden Lindsay is someone who spoke to it earlier this year. It's there. And all you have to do is get here. We're not going to give you anything up front. We're going to, you know, this is going to be actual, you're going to use your name, image and likeness once you get here. And there's a lot of money to be made yes. in it by, by being a college football player for the University of Notre Dame. I mean, Isaiah Foskey had his own clothing line, okay? Like, that's a pretty serious NIL deal, all right? It's not just a blank check situation. He had his own logo. Like, these guys are making money. They're doing just fine, and they're yeah. capitalizing on their time at Notre Dame. Kyle Hamilton, you know, look at him. Right. He had the podcast and, you know, as you said, the logo and the whole thing last year absolutely there there's plenty and that's what you do for a grad transfer that's coming in you say look here's what so and so and so and so did these opportunities are there for you if you want to come in we're not going to promise you x amount of money and if you don't want to come that's fine we'll find somebody else that wants that you know what i mean and so i you know i'm i'm totally fine with that i'm totally like for example hudson card he signed with purdue right and everybody, he was kind of the number one guy that everybody wanted at Notre Dame. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do we really think that Purdue wrote a blank check to Hudson Card to come to West Lafayette? Right. Do we really think that that took place? No, I, I think he got celebrity recruited by Drew Brees is what yes. I think. <laughs> 100%. Yes. And touche to Purdue yeah. for having that ability to do that. I have right. no problem with that. Notre Dame does the exact same thing. Are you kidding me? They They dip into their alumni pool and and have them talk to to players and you know and all of that so look i have no problem with that but not everybody again is out for the bag that's not exactly how it works now you can again you can show people how they can make money but they just don't have to have a blank check yeah i concur yeah i I think that that you know again it's it's tough when you see notre dame lose out on a couple of guys especially the highly talented guys you know and like you 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 look at some of the, you know, different reports, like the different people breaking down, you know, like the the aftermath of of recruiting, who won, who lost, and all this stuff. And you see Notre Dame pop up on the, you know, who lost list. But none of these people are mentioning, you know, oh, they lost out to Oklahoma, you know, and then it was going to, you know, what whatever. But sure. none of these people in their analysis of this are mentioning what it took for Oklahoma and, you know, Oregon to get these players away from Notre Dame. Like they're right. not, they're not mentioning the, the, the true story. You know, they've completely not even buried the lead. They're not even mentioning <laughs> the lead. They're talking about a completely different story than what actually went down the why. And that, that to me is like, you, you can't, you can't analyze what Marcus Freeman and his staff did in this recruiting class did or didn't do without mentioning the fact that, you know, again, I, I realize nobody wants to call it NIL, pay for play, whatever, that 
that big money is what have ultimately swayed these guys Absolutely. to go to some other places. And, you know, I realize that stings, but I just, I don't see Notre Dame, you know, saying, well, we're not going to do it for the high school kids, but, but we can sink this money into right. these other guys because they've been around the block, you know, the grad students, I think you do it exactly the way you're talking about. And it's the same way you do it with the high school kids. And that is, okay, here's what it looks like at Notre Dame. You're going to play for one of the, most high profile programs in the nation. And even though we're not going to give you all this cash up front, you're still going to be able to cash in pretty big in your time here, your four or five years, whatever it turns out to be. And there's plenty of examples that they can point to for that. Plenty of examples. So they're just not going to put it all out into the media, into the news about how much each player is made. That's just not going to happen. So again, these players are being presented with plenty of opportunity to make NIL money, and they're doing it the way that NIL was intended to be used. And so my hat's off to Notre Dame and the other schools that are doing it the right way. And you know what? You're going to lose out to some people that are just offering $2 million to a high school kid. You're going to lose out to some of those, and that's fine. But to me, that's not how you build a college program. It's not how you build it. Crystal brings up a great point as well, because Card is a three, you know, he's got yeah, three true. years of eligibility left. And w- with what they have coming in at the quarterback position, sure. you don't need a guy around for three years. You need at the most two more years of quarterback, at you know, depending most. on what these other guys do, you know, whether it's Buckner or Minchie next year and, you know, uh, how quickly they're able to, to get ready and be the guy. And then obviously you have Carr coming in after that. That's absolutely right. You don't need, a quarterback like card for three years. Cause then that just creates another issue down the road. Right. Fill in the blank Vince. When the college football playoff expands in a couple of years, this past weekend with its below zero wind chills, you and I were here in South Bend all weekend. That would be what these teams would be playing in. If the playoff had started, was it this so, past, like, would it have been this past weekend? Is that when they would have done it? Well, yeah, you would have had, you would have had, uh, yes, there would have been games okay. going on this because of the, the four rounds of the playoffs, there would have been games going now, you know, they might've scheduled around Christmas and stuff like that. I don't know exactly how, but right. it was cold in the North is my point. Oh, yeah. So it would be blank if teams were playing in those kind of conditions in playoff games. I think it'd be great. I mean, look, the NFL didn't cancel any games because it was cold. They played. And the first person that says, will they get paid? Yeah, back up five minutes on the podcast. Notre Dame's getting, I mean, you know, college football players are getting paid too. So, dude, I have no problem with it whatsoever. And if teams are going to come into Notre Dame Stadium, let's say Notre Dame is is hosting one of those games and it's below zero or whatever the case may be, that is the ultimate home field advantage. And I hope it's a team like Miami or Texas or somebody like that coming as up to Notre fan, Dame Stadium. Though, as a fan, would you want to be sitting out there? <laughs> Hell no. I'd be watching it from my basement. Are you no, kidding you're me? You're absolutely right because I'm thinking what well, because I thought the same thing about NFL, and I'm like, well, you know, these are regular season games. They're not playoff games and all that kind of stuff. But I can, re- you know, I remember back like it's been. I think it was the 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 Giants' first Super Bowl run. You know, with Eli. Okay. When they went up to Green Bay. And like Tom Coughlin's face was frozen red and like right? people could barely move their faces. It was so cold and yes. all that stuff. It's like, it's, it sucks that you would play important games out there in that. But if you're Notre Dame and you're hosting one of those games, 
I think that there is a great chance that you're going to be hosting somebody from yes. a warm weather yeah. state and you get them in here. And that is an advantage for you because even yep. if you're not out there every day in that stuff, you're at least more used to it than some of those others. Now, again, like the fan aspect, you know, do the fans want to sit out there in that? I don't know. But it's like, it's, you know, it's like, yeah, you, with, it, either you're seeing the snowfall like we did at the Boston College game in the second half, or right, when you right. see their breath, like, like those are the two visuals that I love when I'm watching a football game. I think it would be, you know, my, my initial re- thought was like, eh, do you really want to do it? And then the more I started thinking about it, it's like, yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Do. Yeah, I, I think it's the ultimate home field advantage. Uh, look, I, I will be the first one to say I will be up in the press box and the warmth. I will not. I will be there and I will be super happy that I'm indoors. But I would love to see Notre Dame host a warm weather school if it's like 10 degrees outside. Are you kidding me? And because it's a playoff game, it'll probably be at night. <laughs> That'd be, I'm sorry. Sign me up all day for that. All day. Yeah. Got a bonus question that just came in Ooh. from Adam. In your opinion, how important is this bowl game for Marcus Freeman's growth as a head coach? Didn't you have a question similar to this? It was very similar, and I was I kind of passed okay. it up because I figured I could save it for, oh, okay. for Friday for countdown, but I think oh, it's, it's different okay. enough that we can come back to that okay. one on All Friday right. still, and we'll talk about it. Because I was looking forward to answering that question. I didn't realize okay. we skipped it. Okay, but anyway, for this question, how important is this? I think it's important. I think it's actually really, really important. I, I think that – you know, if he loses and they end up being successful down the line, you know, next year, the year after, whatever, it'll be a footnote. But I also think that when you're building something, when you're when you're establishing a foundation with your culture and all of these things, he's still a first-year head coach, right? Winning this game against an SEC opponent, an up-and-coming SEC team in South Carolina, because I do like what Coach Beamer's doing down there. I think he, I think he's going to be you know, a good coach. I'm not saying that they're going to be the George, the next Georgia, the next Alabama or whatever, but I think they're going to give people a scare over the next few years. I like coach Beamer. I think he does really good things. And so this game checks a lot of boxes for Notre Dame. And I had mentioned this early, earlier in the previous show, Notre Dame's eight and four. It's a disappointing season. I don't think anybody would would disagree with that. It's a disappointing season, but you still have the ability to knock off an SEC team with the caliber that that South Carolina is at right now, where they are. They're a middle-of-the-road SEC team, but you have an opportunity to knock them off. I think you have an opportunity to check off a heck of a lot of boxes if you're Marcus Freeman and this staff. So, yeah, I think this it's actually really important to the growth, his growth as a head coach. Yeah, I think so as well. I, I just think that 9-4... and four feels a lot different than eight and five going out, especially when you've already, you know, you lost to USC to end the season. You've got a, you've got somebody else's quarterback and you're, you're, you're basically a year later, like this is your first full team. So again, you know, like the whole, I'm not going as far as saying, you know, this is really important for the off season and, and off season momentum and those kind of things. But I think for Marcus Freeman to show his growth over the entirety of the season, and to, to be able to finish at nine and four with a win over an SEC team. And as you said, you know, like another good young coach and all those different things show where his program is now with some adversity being thrown in. You know, you don't have the opt-outs that South Carolina is going to have, but you do have this whole thing going on at quarterback. You, you know, it, you're going back to the guy at the start of the year, I think for Marcus Freeman, for Tyler Buckner, 
for all of them. It's a it's a really big opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. There was a, a question up here I wanted to get to. Yeah, here we go. Where are Marshall? says, as a five seed, that would mean we play the second ACC or Big 12 team. No, you'd be playing the group of five team, most likely, uh, because they would be the 12 seed. So it would be five versus 12. Right. You'd be playing Tulane again, like this year. Or you'd be playing Cincinnati. Or, you know, you'd be playing the best. Well, Cincinnati's not going to be a group of five team anymore. They're moving to the Big 12, right? So yeah. it would be whoever the best group of five team is that's who you're going to play so now if you're six or seven that's a different conversation you're going to be hosting a power five team so right josh wouldn't playoff games start a week after conference title games they would not there's there's a two-week buffer okay in between they wait two they're going to wait two weeks after the conference championship games and this is part of why we talked about this before that Thanksgiving weekend, there's a good chance that conference championship games are going to be moved back to that. Now, to you know, to to the point that could still shift the, the 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 calendar a little bit in terms of what weekends these games are being played. But they're talking about potentially moving things up so conference championship games are Thanksgiving weekend. So you would not have all the rivalry games Thanksgiving weekend. You would have them a week before that instead. But when you're talking about four different rounds of playoffs, you need right. at least a month to play these. That's so, true. so that's why you're still going to be, you know, like Christmas weekend or somewhere around there, you're going to be playing in late December and in early January, you know, and, and potentially even the middle of January, depending on if maybe they push it a little bit farther yeah. that way. So you're going to be playing in the middle of winter, no matter what. Yeah, no doubt. And again, those teams in the north for that first round that are going to be on campus sites, you've got an advantage. I mean, the Michigans, the Ohio States, the Notre Dames, whoever that happens to be, you know, north of the Mason-Dixon line, if you're hosting, you've got an advantage playing in December. No doubt. Crystal wants to know how harmful it is it to never be a one through four seed. It's not to me. I mean, I don't think it's harmful at all because, again, if you're the five, you play the 12 at home. I mean, if you end up being a six, then you wouldn't have been one through four in the first place. So, you know, that's – I have no problem with it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't bother me in any way. Yeah, to me, <clears throat> my initial reaction when this when that plan – and I think you and I even talked about it back in, our, you know, the, the radio days when the, when the plan was initially still in its working stages. It, it was a proposal at that point. Right. I didn't like it because of this. And it's like, you're going to give that up. But then the more you sit and look at it and from Notre Dame's perspective, Notre Dame obviously values its independence and an expanded 12 team playoff field. Even if they're not going to get a first round by, it gives them a better chance to be in the playoffs year in absolutely and year out. So even if you have to eat it, and play an extra game. If you're one of the better seeds, you're going to get to host some of these games. So that's good for you as well. And the fact that you're in it, you get the revenue from it, all these different things. And don't forget, because they're not in a conference, they don't have to split the revenue with conferences. Right. And Derek makes a great yeah. point here. You get a buy during, during conference, conference championship. championship week instead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, point. there's really, yeah, is there a downside to not getting a buy? Okay. But all those teams that get a buy, they're not playing at home either. They're going to be playing in designated bowl sites, right? 
So I like having a home game. I think it's going to be fun to host a playoff game at Notre Dame Stadium. I mean, I look, I don't go to a lot of away games, right? So I get to be at a playoff game. I, I, I find that to be pretty darned exciting, if I'm being yeah. honest. So I, I like it. Chi-Town asks, are teams reseeded after the first round of the playoffs? I, so. I don't think they're going to do that. I haven't seen that specifically yeah, mentioned. Like so. the NFL always makes sure that the best, you know, like the number one seed is always going to play the worst remaining seed and that kind of thing. I don't think right. that, uh, I don't think that's in the plan for right now, but we'll see. That could always change as well. So Vince, the NFL had just three games on Christmas, or they just had three games. Excuse mm-hmm. me, on Christmas Day. If you were a player, would you want to play on Christmas? And as a media member, would you want to cover a game on Christmas? As a player, you play when they tell you to play. Like, I don't really have an issue as far as that part is concerned. I mean, it is what it is. You're getting paid a lot of money to entertain me. And that's why you play when most people are off work. And that's why they play on Thanksgiving. And you know what I mean? So I, I don't really have a problem with the players. On the flip side, I would hate it as a media member that I, I would have to cover a stupid game on Christmas. If I'm Day. not Tony Romo or Troy Aikman and those Correct. guys making millions of dollars, yes. yeah, that would suck being Absolutely. away working on Christmas. It's always fun I to be able to flip it. on your TV and be entertained by these games. Yeah. But it's a big difference when you're actually working those games and you're away yes. from your family. You know, they're holidays Absolutely. for a reason, they're family holidays. So. Correct. I would hate it. My my wife would hate it. My kids would hate it. It would be terrible. I mean, I know you can say, well, we'll just have Christmas on a different day or whatever. Yeah, you can say that. It's not the same. I mean, it's just not the same. I mean, I no, I would not enjoy that in any way. I'm glad that we don't have a professional team around here that we have to cover that would play on Christmas. I'm I'm actually very happy about that. We're not Marshall. Four likes. Come on, y'all. We're better than this. Yes. Yes, you like are. If you would. Come on. Come on, people. Don't get lazy. Seriously. <laughs> Don't get lackadaisical. Come on. Hit the like button if you would. Subscribe, rate, and review. We've got just a few more things to hit here before we wind down. Michael Parks pointed out Nick Foles whooped Tom Brady's butt in the Super Bowl. This was back when I was kind of ripping on Nick Foles a little bit. You're right. You know, he caught lightning in a bottle. Look. Players have been known to do that. Timmy Smith, remember, is still the record holder from the Washington Redskins, uh, it, you know, against the Broncos and John Elway back in the 80s. He's still the record holder for most rushing yards in a game, but his yeah. career was basically over Look, after that. I give Nick Foles a lot of credit. He made a career on a postseason. Yeah. That's what he did. He made a career on a postseason. He's got a statue out in front of the vet or whatever they call it these days because he led his team to a Super Bowl championship. He was the MVP, and he has made all this money, whether it be in Jacksonville or Chicago or Indy or whatever. That's what's crazy is five five years later, the head coach and the quarterback who won the Super Bowl, both of them, neither one of them are with the team anymore. The head coach is down in Jacksonville about to turn around Urban Meyer's mess into a potentially AFC South champion, and Nick Foles is still hanging on. You're right. Foles, Foles was great. But like I said, my point was he hasn't played for, you know, he hasn't started for the last five years. That right. was it right. back then. Right. And I, Think I about wanna... Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson turned Nick Foles and Carson Wentz into people who can win a, you know, win a championship. You're not wrong. And listen, the media, they don't get holiday pay. This is no such hour... thing as holiday pay. This is pay not an hourly media. gig. Okay. We don't <laughs> right. get holiday pay. That's, 
It's a nice thought, Irish Chi-Town, but uh, there is no holiday pay when you're in the media. Yeah. So. Yeah. Last place I was at, even when I was part-time, didn't pay time and a half for working national exactly. holidays. Exactly. Jamie wants to know if there's going to be an IB Nation stream during the bowl game this Friday. I don't think so, uh, but you never know. I, it could be something that I find out about at the last minute. I'm there will down. be an IB countdown to kickoff, though. Yes, there will. Good segue, my friend. Vince and I will be there. Jesse is bringing his whiteboard to IB oh! countdown to kickoff. 10 o'clock Friday morning. Nice. Yes, the whiteboard nice. will the whiteboard will show up for the Gator Bowl. That's right. So I, I believe, and I don't want to speak for you, but I believe that's the next time that you and I are going to be on these airwaves is going to be Friday morning. That's right. I won't be here the next couple of days because I'm actually heading to Florida myself. For, that's right. Uh, Speaking of holiday basketball. pay, you're you're heading down to do women's basketball. Yeah, that's the closest thing to holiday pay I get is trips to warmer weather. Even though it's a little cooler than usual down there in Florida, it's true. But it's warming up. We're gonna be have a heat wave. It's gonna be 50 degrees on my birthday. I'm kind of excited about that. So. And yes, Michael or Mister 2.0, rather, excuse me. There will be a post game show. Of course, absolutely. <laughs> this is my favorite. You guys need to talk to to Driscoll about renegotiating your contract <laughs> on holiday pay. He lets us have the holidays off. So yeah. it's all good. It's all good. I'm already happier with my compensation here than I was at the old place anyway. <laughs> yes. So hey, I you will I'll never hear me complain about my compensation. I'll That's lump it for, sure. for now. I'll lump it for now. Yes. One last thing tonight. So I, I promised some snack cracker news at the start of the show. Our old friend Carter Carls, who used to work at the South Bend Tribune, he's down, he covers Florida State now, and he's at the Cheese It Bowl. And he tweeted this today. A Cheez-It Bowl representative told Carter last night, there is no such thing as Cheez-Its, plural, with an S at the end. No such thing as Cheez-Its. One Cheez-It is called a Cheez-It. Two or more of the Cheez-It are called Cheez-It crackers, not Shut up. Cheez-Its. This, to me, Vince, That's... is like USC telling us, not to call them Southern Cal. Uh, it's it's a it's 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 a plural. It's a plural of cheese it. One cheese it is a cheese it. Yeah. Plural is cheese its. Right. Can we all agree on this? Uh, you're not going to get any kind of disagreement from me. Now, I do have an issue with people like I'm going to Myers or I'm going to Walmart's. Like they just put an S on the end for no right. reason. The, you're not going S, to multiple the random Walmart's. S adders. Yes, those people. But that's yeah, not that, what this that gets is. A little annoying. There, there, right. there, there are multiple crackers. One is a Cheez-It, two are Cheez-Its. Right. I'm sorry. There is one the Dario. There are five, six, what, seven Dario's. Correct. Plural. They're all, I can hear them. They're all up there. <laughs> so, yes, they're, um, come on. That's <laughs> Irish Shite Town. This is great. Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly Thank that. you. I'm with you on that. It's total... As John would say, total BS. I got a hankering for some Cheez-Its right now. Yeah, I do too. I got some white cheddar ones upstairs. I might have to dive into them and just be like, look, I have Cheez-Its. Just to <laughs> say it. I don't have Cheez-It crackers. <sighs> Come on, people. It's being difficult. They're being difficult. Never heard this before. And oh, they're okay. they're out there tweeting the truth as well. So there you go. Yeah. It's what they say. All right. Well, again, hit the like button if you would. I forgot to, you know, give my disclaimer at the start of the show, and apparently people slacked off on the like button tonight. <laughs> so, 
It was over Hit 60 like last time I was in there, but come on, yep. people. Let's go. Subscribe, rate, and review. <clears throat> Are there shows the next couple days, Vince? Like, what's There's going on? Do you definitely know? a show tomorrow at 1 o'clock. I know that for sure. It's going to be okay. Brian and Ryan. After that, I don't know. I don't know what's okay. happening on Thursday. I'm checking out completely. So, like I said, we'll be back with Jesse Friday morning for IB Countdown yes. to kick off leading into the Gator Bowl, and there will be a post-game show and all that good stuff as well. But uh, I'll be uh, – I'll be Miami bound tomorrow and then in Miami after that. I'm excited. I'm excited to watch. I'm going to watch that game. I'm going to watch tonight. Men's basketball play tonight, but they're playing like Jacksonville or something, which is odd since Notre Dame football is headed down to Jacksonville. But uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I hope they win too because it hasn't looked great recently. All right, great stuff tonight, Vince. I will talk to you later, and we will – Talk to you later as well. Appreciate you stopping by tonight. Ivy Nation Sports Talk. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.